Furrydom is better as a cult. Machination Log 004. Midwest Fur Fest 2015. A polytheist's perspective. Alright, now we can get to the real shit. Yeah, man. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Actual Garbage Podcast. This is your host, David Paddock. To my across from me in a hotel, we are on the road for serious this time. I have Thomas Hightower, uh, Chicago local. Thomas, who are you? Uh, I uh, am a telephone interviewer uh, who's been friends with David since fifth grade, and uh, which I'm pretty sure we like involved like stuffed animals in like a very like complicated political drama or something like that um yeah there were a lot of signs i mean thomas didn't end up being a furry but we happened to be at a fur convention mm. and it would have been if i had been aware of the term it would have been pretty easy to spot this early on um there's a lot of nostalgia to being in a building full of this kind of stuff at least for me i don't uh, I don't know if, how that goes for you. We did run into those those two puffkins, which was bizarre. But. Yeah, that was bizarre. Uh, yeah. uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I I do have like some sort of like odd nostalgia, uh, like wa- walking through this uh, walking through this uh, uh, hotel. Um, but like it, it's 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 very strange because it's it's a it's a sort of distant nostalgia, right? It's like missing a time that didn't exist, sort of. And like it it feels like I'm just kind of like getting like. It, it it feels like the same way when I listen to like uh, when I listen to stuff like dubstep, uh, in in a lot of ways, uh, where where like there's like this sense of like this like a uh, this like alternate like fantasy world that like feels kind of familiar, and like where like everything winds up being sort of like put into like this sort of like perfect like symmetry of like edgy and cute and like does does that make sense? Like it, what? it uh, dubstep is dumb to me yeah, in a good fair. way. Yeah. Well, like no, that's... it's like, or it's like, it's like, it's like a, it's like my my dream in high school of wearing bondage pants and pulling them off, right? Of like being able to look like the people who worked at Hot Topic, uh, like it's 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 that kind of it's like that kind of nostalgia, right? Where like, on some level, like there is like this sort of like glaring impracticality and like escapism to it sort of topped with the fact that you never actually did it yeah topped with the fact (laughs) that i never actually did it if you're just listening to hear us talk about furries feel free to skip forward to minute 23 at this point i had this problem where uh i would get really like sort of like engrossed in like that like kind of like fashion uh and like fashion trends like that and like a lot of like things that are like purely very visual and like not actually like tied to like a particular like clear uh ideology or way of thinking uh and i get really invested in them sort of but i also couldn't reconcile them right like i couldn't i couldn't uh i couldn't make it so that they had any like real meaning besides a meaning that i felt if that makes sense i was really preoccupied with what things meant Right, like how things held together uh, when I was in high school. Uh, you know, I was I was very serious about figuring out the roots of like problems and figuring out like how the world worked. And I, do you know now? Is that why you don't worry about it? No, I mean I, I'm 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 still preoccupied with it, but like I was obsessively preoccupied with it to the point where I couldn't actually like enjoy much of anything, uh, in a way. You know, like I couldn't buy clothes uh, that looked good and be like, oh. This looks good. Now I'm doing this thing, 
right? Like I like I like even even like looking at like the overpriced bondage pants, I I would be thinking in the back of my mind, but what does it mean? Does it signify anything? How have you fought this back in modern time? I... Has it been replaced with something? Yeah, well, I mean, it's like the thing is, is that like I I, I just like have like a I have like a, an appreciation for like aesthetics that's a, a bit more forgiving now, right? Like I I I. I I, I think one of like the sort of like cardinal sins that like uh, a lot of like uh, a lot of uh, people trying to figure out the world uh, commit is uh, that they uh, they always kind of expect like this like logical like one to one relationship, right? Like they have the idea of um, they have the idea of uh, something uh, either having a justification or that can be uh, explicated uh, or uh, not having a justification that can be explicated. Uh, I, I think nothing's it, allowed to just be pretty. Yeah, exactly. Like they're like, I, 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 and, and like, and like, or that it's uh, just pretty, right? But like, the thing is, is that like, you know, like, uh, like being an adult now, and uh, especially because of, um, especially because of Alicia, my partner, um, I I understand now how it is that things that don't have an immediate justification. Uh, that holds together in a vacuum, like, can still, like, have a justification that's hard to explicate because the justification is emergent, right? Like, it ties into, like, the tapestry of the rest of the world in such a way where it becomes valuable. And, you know, it's kind of like religion in a lot of ways. You know, you can... That ends up being kind of an odd thing. It almost... If if (laughs) the high school version of yourself required things to have... uh, required them to have a meaning beyond a holistic meaning i would think that would that would just be a nightmare to try to sort that out because things don't stand by themselves yeah i I mean mean, if we're talking about meaning within context it's pretty hard to have meaning without that's that's a that's a hell of a ghost to chase well like well the you know the idea was there's a there's a context but there's a context of ideas rather than material conditions right you know, so so like you know, like like it, it it fits into a canon or an explanation, right? It ties in very nicely with Taoism, right? Or it uh, mirrors something that Nietzsche said, right? Or like there's like a, a, or there's like a sort of like sat, or like it winds up being a counterpoint to uh, Dostoevsky, which all things that I read in high school um, to, <laughs> to to no real good effect. Um, yeah. Uh, and that, but that falls. Does that fall on the high school side or the now side of your understanding of things? Uh, high school side, okay. uh, like so. So, but like you know, like but there, there was this idea of like a sort of like supernal world of ideas. You know, the the idea, the idea of the world being prior to ideas. That was something that was very. I don't want to say it was alien because the thing is, is that if you asked me. I would have been like, yeah, well, of course the world is prior to ideas, right? Of course, like, you know, we exist before there's meaning. But I think it's one of those things where, like, there there's, like, this weird sort of, like, almost superstitious assumption that's embedded in your thoughts uh, that you don't even notice you're doing, right? And it was very hard for me to really, like, take seriously and try to apprehend the world uh, without trying to put it into some sort of ideology, think that's what a lot of high schoolers went through i could be wrong i i don't know what high schoolers go through i mean how broadly are we defining ideology because generally speaking you need 
an ide if if we're talking in the most in the broadest sense you need an ideology in order to form an opinion on anything that's where you run into that's you run in smack dab into nihilism almost immediately if you're not willing to back into some actual corners well i mean like my i what what i wound up settling on uh or not necessarily nihilism but just a a fully deconstructed a does not follow b universe which is not a lot of fun to live in or think about well i wasn't trying to divorce myself from ideology i was trying to pick a side right like that was that was the idea but like i couldn't i couldn't see the history of the world uh outside of the history of ideas or or the state of the world outside of the state of ideas right? i thought you were going to say outside of your suburban home in east orlando well, like that too yeah, yeah. uh well, yeah, I, because I, because I talking that, about the way things relate yeah. to each other i assume living in chicago makes that much more straightforward since the city has a heritage yeah well i mean you also you get on the train you know you, you you get on the train and you see all the other people who are going to work. Uh, you know, like the, I think I think one of the weird things about growing up in the suburbs, uh, and I, I remember uh, 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 my favorite teacher, who's now kind of unpleasant to think about, uh, Krauss. Um, uh, you know, like Krauss had this idea that suburbs breed interesting kids, uh, and I think. I think what she, like, I think the thing that, like, kind of informs that is that when you grow up in the suburbs, especially, like, suburbs that are, like, so, like, isolated and strange as uh, the suburbs of, of, of Orlando. And in case you're unfamiliar with East Orlando suburbs, they are populated almost completely by baby boomers who are there because taxes are low. And mm -hmm. at the time, 20 years ago, the houses were very inexpensive, and they essentially, they lived out the white picket fence American dream there. And yeah. most of them did a fantastic job doing that. Yeah. Um, whatever impact that happens to have on the kids that yeah. they raised is what we're trying to sort out right now, though. Yeah. And Thomas and I have... Uh, our families are not the same, but the environment was essentially identical. Yeah, I, well, I, think, I, think, I think Avalon Park, where I grew up, was a, a little stranger because... Um, it tries to be a community. Yeah, well, it yeah, tries to it's, force it. it. It's it's so it's so windy and bent, right? And like and like the thing is, is that like the the the, the suburbs in uh, in Orlando are carved out of the swamp and the woods, right? Like it, you know, it's not it's not like a it's recent not, swamps. Yeah, yeah, it, it's not it's not like it's not like uh, the suburbs in like say like Dallas, right? Where you you basically like just like have like an extended grid where there are trees that were planted to hide everything. Yep. Right, like you know, like you, uh, I would I would go out into the woods and I could I could travel for miles in a direction and like not see a single house, right? Um, uh, so, so in, in that kind of environment, you're kind of like left alone with ideas because like all of it's just such a dream world, right? Like in, in the suburbs, there's almost nobody out, and when there are people out, like it's usually like during the day, during like some sort of like big event or something like that. Yeah. You know, you don't. Which only happened in your neck of the woods yeah. in Avalon Park, where I lived in Eastwood. There was, there was no such thing. Yeah. I mean, it's I actually consider it to be a boon of the place. That's why I still live mm. in proximity to it. Is that I can go out of my door at any time after about 7 p.m. Mm -hmm. and see no one on any sidewalk I walk on yeah. for miles. Yeah, that is, that is not the... Like, my, <laughs> my neighborhood right now is considered quiet. Uh, and, like, when I moved there uh, from uh, Rogers Park, it felt, like, just 
startlingly quiet. And I think some of that was because there were trees, like old trees, right? Like they weren't like recently planted trees or anything like that. Uh, and They're like, not trees for effect. Yeah, well, yeah, well, and they were, and they were, they were townhomes rather than like big like tenements, right? Yeah. Um, uh, so like you know like that place felt quiet, but there's there are always people around. I mean, like the biggest change from Rogers Park to where I live now is that there are kids. Because people are raising families there, I guess. Yeah. It's it well that and uh, and actually uh, another interesting thing is that the taking the train is like a lot more miserable where I live now because it's full of yuppies and like as it turns out, like yuppies just take up more space mm. <laughs> than the average uh, Chicagoan uh, in Rogers Park. Uh, like I, I I feel less threatened in Rogers Park in a lot of ways. Everybody kind of keeps their eyes down a little bit more, which is much more pleasant in a way (laughs) i mean we've had a million conversations thomas and i used to walk a paper route and then that evolved into just talking for hours and hours and hours on the weekends when we were in middle school and high school i remember virtually none of the conversations but i do know they happened yeah uh so we've covered as far as talking to each other we've covered most any topic that could possibly come up so to get people at least slightly more up to speed thomas you have despite fitting exactly into the demographic that the rest of our <laughs> our audience or not our audience but our podcast members do you are white mostly affluent in gifted programs like you you cover that gamut well actually actually well there, there's there's one interesting thing about the uh, gifted programs because i've heard you guys talk about that like a number of times uh, and, like, the thing is, is that, like, actually, like, when I look at it, I wasn't in Gifted for all that long, right? Like, when I was, uh, in early elementary school, uh, I was in Gifted from, I'm probably first to fourth grade, which was, uh, when I was living in Kansas, right? Uh, but their Gifted program was me and, like, two other guys sitting in a room, like, solving mind trap puzzles, like, I think once every two weeks, right? Ours was a little more involved than that, but... yeah. Same principle, just gotcha. more people. And then, yeah, no, cool, because because I was in the gifted program at uh, at uh, sunrise in fifth grade, right? Yeah. And like that was that was an entire day, right? Mind like like mind trap times was probably like forty five minutes or so. Oh, okay. And then when I went to Avalon Park for middle school, uh, we didn't actually have a gifted program, and I, I think that's actually like, and I think like like gifted uh, uh, gifted middle school program is probably like what most people think of when they think of gifted, like when they're looking back. I'm not entirely sure about that. Um, it's hard to say. Hang on one second. I think we have a knock on the door again. We didn't actually mention we are we are in a hotel at a furry convention right now, which will come up at some point. But you know, oh, we yeah, figured yeah. we'd make that that happen more naturally. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, it's, I'm the wrong person to talk to about remembering things. But yeah, that's I mean, in middle school, they don't expect anyone to learn anything anyway. So mm-hmm. if you're going to get something out of something, it would be a gifted program, I would assume. Well, I mean, I went to I went to a magnet school, so I think that's why we didn't have a gifted program. I mean, we had a gifted program, but like, I think, like, it almost feels as though we showed up like three times a year or something like that. <laughs> Cause like just the, a bump fist. Yeah, like the, well, the the thing is, is like the teacher running it like had plans that just would never materialize, which meant that like it was kind of an intermittent thing. Which I, I think on some level makes sense, given that the middle school at Arbor Ridge was an afterthought anyway. Hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, so like I, you know, like in terms of the gifted program thing, I, I don't know if I had the same experience as you guys did. Probably not. Yeah. No, we I, we had an insular yeah 
community of kids that ended up they they almost did what they could to keep us away from the other children yeah 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 yeah. like it was it was kind of it was kind of bizarre and uh, yeah again time will tell the damage that may or may not have done but it's it's certainly it is it is its own perspective yeah no doubt but i bring up i bring up the the history just to get get us to the point of difference between the two of us you have an aversion to everything you grew up with not entirely true. I look back on Avalon Park with fond memories. I like the landscape of it. What about the people? The people in Avalon Park? Yeah. None of my family liked them. <laughs> like that was a no, no. My no, my parents had no friends uh, in Avalon Park. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think they had like a couple, but we were we were uh, we were like sort of like almost foreigners there uh, after some fashion. Uh, and I, I wouldn't necessarily be able to explain why, because I don't know entirely. My parents always chalked it up to the to the other people in Avalon Park being conservative, but I don't think that's entirely it. It certainly played a large role. The East Orlando area we were from was definitely leaning conservative, yeah. and, as uh, it would be given yeah. the kind of people that moved there. What compelled your parents to move there? Um, well, uh, mostly to be closer to my grandparents. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, because I mean, like before that, before that, like you know, we were living in we were living in Kansas, uh, and uh, I, both my parents are actually like, fairly big parrot heads too. So I think that had something to do with it. But uh, you know, a job opened up in Orlando, so like my family moved there uh, because it was closer to my grandparents and because the weather was nicer. And I think the only reason we moved into Avalon Park was because it was cheaper. And, and it was brand new. Yeah, it was brand new. I, yeah. I mean, like when, like, like, and you, you might remember this, but like, for like, probably the first like three years of my time there, the majority of plots of land in Avalon Park were still under construction. Yeah, no, we, no, our paper route expanded precipitously yeah. while we were there. Yeah, we had to cover a lot more ground. Yeah, looking back on that, by the way, that is kind of a big job for a seventh grader to have. Yeah, it was. <laughs> It was a tremendous amount of responsibility to be putting on a kid. Yeah. We were deliver hand delivering messages to every house in a massive neighborhood. Yeah. No, it was huge by the time <laughs> Yeah. No, it was it became daunting. I mean it took it was it was not full time, but it certainly took all day. Yeah, no, well, no, that's the thing, is that, is that it, it would it would basically it would basically be like the equivalent of like a 12-hour shift, like, for, I think, about, like, four or five days every month, right? Something like that. No, it was was a for-real job. But enough about that. Yeah, yeah. I still forget that I did that. Uh, (laughs) But, yeah, no, so so I don't don't necessarily, like, despise it. I, I just don't feel welcome there, right? Like, that's the... And so you moved to Chicago how many years ago? Ah, uh, geez, when I when I graduated. So when was that? Twenty uh, eleven. Yeah, it would have been twenty eleven. So about four years now. Four uh, years. Yeah, four. Yeah, four years since August. And you like Chicago? <sighs> I hate the weather. God, I hate the weather so much. Um, <laughs> uh, and. Uh, you know, there's there's the noise. That's unpleasant. I, you know, there, there there's a there's a lot to there's a lot to recommend it. I, I don't particularly have a, a feeling about it right now. I, I think I think on some level, like if I were to go back to the suburbs, it would probably be pretty unpleasant. 
because it would be so quiet. Where's the middle ground, do you think, that you would be satisfied with? Maybe a college town. Oh. Like, because, like, the thing is, is that, like, I, I have this I have this habit of making friends with basically anyone who's behind a counter um, that, like, I, I, I go, I frequent, like, enough times. Um, I think that would serve me well in a small community. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, because, I mean, there's... I don't have a whole lot of friends that live in cities proper, aside yeah. from you. We'll talk to Enrique at some point, but... Uh, is he uh, still in Boston? Yes, or? he is still in Boston. Cool. Running an ungodly small amount of space for an ungodly sum of money. But uh, he seems to enjoy the hell out of living up there. But he's his own. He's his own case. We'll get him on at some point. But yeah, there's a a lot to recommend the city. It's just, it it is just really dreary. I mean, like, uh, like, and like some of it's just like, you know, like this time of year, it's really hard to remember what Chicago's like any other time. Like, that's like just like the case. (laughs) You know, nobody, nobody's happy. Uh, during this time of year, uh, people start cheering up a little bit in spring, I think. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's hard. And like some of it's because like traveling just takes so much time. Either you're in a car, at which point you have to hunt around for a parking spot. Yeah. Uh, or you're taking the CTA, at which point, you know, you're transferring from one place to another place to another place. Uh, yeah. That's always the thing I, I ran into the couple of times that I've been in a city for any extended period of time is that everyone complains about, how everything is far away and you have to drive in a suburb but you have the option to drive yeah. and it's a tr- and once you walk out your door I mean yeah I can't walk yeah. to a de- although actually that's not true I can totally walk to a deli it's just not a fantastic deli yeah. Publix is fine but it's not it's no yeah. city food but if I want to do something it takes a half an hour practically no matter what it is yeah. Whereas in a city, having to use public transit, and even if you have the option to use private transit, is just a massive pain in the ass. Yeah, no, my, uh, no, uh, no, Alicia lives, like, I think probably a 30-minute walk from my place. Taking the bus, it's probably about 25 minutes. (laughs) What a savings. Yeah, like, (laughs) yeah, so, like, like, that's a, yeah, it's... I mean, like, I, I, I knew someone who was moving to Hyde Park, and we were, we were talking about, like, you know, like, the distance there. And uh, as it turns out, uh, yeah, it's it's basically like them moving down to Gainesville, right? <laughs> or, like, to, like, Tampa or something, right? It's yeah. like, because, like, you know, like, then, you know, you take the train, and it's, like, a two-hour train ride. That's, you know, the, the, that's basically visiting your friend in UF at that point. Yeah. No, it takes two hours to get from Gainesville down to where we were. Yeah. And that's a trip I'm loath to take most of the time anyway. Yeah. I mean, granted, you have to pay attention to the road when you're actually driving, which that is one thing. Yeah. I mean, that, well, the, the, that is actually, that is one of the nicer things about living in a city is that, you know, you can just sit and read on a train. Yeah, no, that's, the public transit can, I, I'm not opposed to public transit. It's just in a city like Chicago where if you do actually want to get to the other side of the city, it, just, it does still take a long, long time. Yeah. Um, but enough about cities. We're here to talk about... I don't actually know what we're here to talk about. We didn't pick a topic. Uh, I think we're going to do the furry convention. Oh, sure. We can talk about the fur cool. convention. Yeah. That's all right. We're yeah, at Midwest well, no, no, Fur Fest. That's that's what we started talking about, actually, right? Because I was, I was talking about the, uh, the, the uh, sort of strangeness of uh, the nostalgia that I feel coming here. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Misplaced nostalgia. Yeah. Like, like, that's the... You know, and, like, that's, like, sort of, like, this, like... Like almost like sort of like Disney-fied like uh, idea of a, 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 a 
like a really like sort of like like cutesy heaven or something right like it, it has like the same sort of like messianic quality in a lot of ways right where like everything's full of friendly faces and nothing hurts it's and, aggressively friendly yeah yeah and, we're on a mission yeah, it, it, well, it just it just feels so fucking sad. I mean, I remember like, but like, but like, I get it because, I mean, I guess I, I, I may not get it, but like, I, I, I get, I get, I get, I get pangs of it, sort of, because uh, like I remember like in like when I was like fifteen, like reading Changeling the Dreaming, not playing it because the people who play Changeling the Dreaming were all pedophiles, so. Uh, yeah. um, but, you know, like, you know, I remember at, like, 15, like, you know, thinking that, like, you know, like, cuteness is actually just kind of, like, the, the, the world as we want it to be, you know, like, with kittens playing and, like, like all of this, like, sweet, sappy stuff. Uh, and, like, that like that was, like, sort of, like, the, the, the true shape of an ideal world. Um, and, you know, I, I don't believe that now, but, like, being around here, like, I do get, like, a sort of, like, uh, a... Not quite a homesickness, right? Like that's the thing. It's 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 a homesickness for an impossible home that can't exist. Uh, Not and, continuously, at least. Yeah. Even like here, like it, you know, it, it feels like an imperfect reflection, right, of like that well, place. Well, you have to you have to aspire to it. That's why yeah. conventions uh, for the official preamble. We are at Midwest Fur Fest 2015. We're up in a hotel. I can tell you it's 939 because this is going to – this is room 939 because this is going to go up after it's too late for you to do anything mean to my room. But um, we can actually hear, thanks to the way this hotel is built, in full atrium concrete style. When someone screams on the bottom floor of this hotel, we can hear it up here in the room. Um, It's a noisy, distracted hotel. But that's okay because everybody here is here to have – a uh, fuzzy good time in whatever way they happen to want to practice that. My preferred way of practicing it is to aggressively hug anyone who approaches me, which works quite well in my particular case. There will be, whether it's up, I'll just edit in here a thing plugging the the panel that I did, but uh, enough about that specifically. Thomas, what is your impression of the furry fandom? Like across the board? Yeah. If someone asks you what a furry is, what would you say? Um, you see, well, I've been, I've been thinking about this all day because, like, the thing is, is that like a lot of these people here don't seem to, like they're like quite like involved in like the sort of like uh, anthropomorphic fantasy, right? Uh, or that like they're kind of involved, but like they're not like entrenched in it. Uh, sure, but like I don't know, furries are are people who have like some particular. Uh, relationship uh with uh images of anthropomorphic animals and the idea of anthropomorphic animals uh that uh in in some cases is just a hobby in other cases it's quite profound um but like in general like the people tend to be uh, the, the the people here tend to like be sort of like i guess like socially inept you can see how this is a fucking bore. Like, this is yeah. just a nightmare to do. This is why the fur community yeah. needs ambassadors. Because, yeah. I mean, if if social ineptness can come up in a two-line explanation yeah. of what it is, imagine what it's like well, for the people how, that fit how, the stereotype. How about, how, about, how about this, then? Let's go with this. Lost. 
can sure. we get, can we go with lost? Uh, found. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer to go with found here, right? Yeah. No, like, absolutely. In, yeah. in these four walls. Yeah. Um, the but no- like outside, like it. I and I, I, it does, it does seem as though there, there is like this, like sort of constant yearning, uh, for for this to like sort of be something more. Right, uh, for 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 the bondage pants to uh, come off the shelf, uh, <laughs> and and uh, transport you to a world where like where like uh, you know dressing in tight black shirts uh, with like uh, melodramatic slogans on them and wearing like spiked necklaces and so on and so forth, like sort of uh, which some people here do. Yeah, very but, directly. Yeah, it it, it feels it feels like there's like a, a kind of yearning for like that sort of thing to sustain you. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. And that that I do find to be exceptionally dangerous because oh, I yeah. I believe there's something meaningful and useful to being a a furry proper um that doesn't involve hiding at these conventions. I think there is a part of the furry community as a result of the fact that we are we we end up basically being by most definitions a deviant community that has these little havens every once in a while. We tend that tends to foster a hatred of the outside world that I am really not okay with because yeah. I believe furry to be an abnormality if you are outside of the group and a normality, a perfectly normative thing to do as long as you're in it. Because the support that people get from other furries can be fully sustaining. But the problem is that a lot of people, a lot of furs, seem not to take the next step, which is to, which is to rebound from this to be better people on the outside. No. And when they don't do that... It just—I don't want to call it recidivism because I'm still here. I'm—I'm going to keep coming to fur conventions because mm-hmm. I find this to be just a an outstanding thing to do. But you develop an allergy for the outside world, right? Yeah, like, it's you, the the kind of the, the sort of the way that people talk about the outside world at at conventions like this. The disdain, practically, they have for mm-hmm. society is very troubling to me. I mean, well, I have the fear, right? Like that's the. Of oh, fear, certainly, but yeah. I think I think in the convention halls it manifests as as more of an anger, a contempt. If that you will, that was thinking contempt. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's I'm trying to figure out how to fight that because I am as the most conservative furry you can be. I mean, I I'm as weird as a conservatively minded person can be, and I am I'm still socially liberal in most other respects. But I believe in <laughs> I believe in society. Mm-hmm. I think it's incredibly important. That, you know, and we've we've basically we've turned the word conform into a pejorative of all forms. But mm-hmm. there is so much good in certain aspects of the conformity of society because it breaks down a lot of language barriers. It breaks down a lot of trust barriers mm-hmm. to getting people to properly cooperate. And when we just throw that away, um it tends to hurt the people who threw it away because society there's there's a lot in the world that is built on a trust that we shouldn't be just <laughs> that is not worth just throwing out it's worth resolving and granted society doesn't want the average furry who isn't part of this group and that's why they have developed this hatred because either the furry themselves 
they are wary of the society or society doesn't trust them, which is its own can of worms where, you know, our outside expression has been a little bizarre the last couple of years, and it's or not the last couple of years, the last couple of decades, which has been gradually healing. Oh, God, you're right. Decades. Yeah, no, it's been 20 years. Yeah. No, your reference is on, like, 22. They've been going a long, long time. But the, um... But I want... I want for community to not be separate... I want it to be separate from society only as far as it needs to be. I don't want it to be a haven for the countercultural. You want it to be a festival of a cult within a larger society. Yeah, I want it to right. be a celebration of demons that aren't actually harmful, which yeah. is what it ends up manifesting as, as long as you're here. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the meekness, the caring that yeah. a lot of furs, the sappiness of everything that goes on at a fur convention hurts you in the real world wow. if you don't have other people to bounce it off of. Oh. But when you have those other people, when you have someone who has your back that way, and it doesn't have to be all the time. These conventions, I go to these conventions four times a year. I think that's probably sufficient just to remind you that other people are this way. That, yeah. little, that little sense of community, I think, is enough for most people. There, there are obviously going to be exceptions. We're a fringe case already. But I think a lot of people would benefit tremendously from that. Yeah. And it's frustrating that they don't do so more, uh, more actively. So that's my soapbox on why I'm here. Yeah, but I mean, like, I guess, like, the, the, the one one of the questions is, like, um, you know, how how do you make the transition, uh, right? Because, like, the thing is, is that, like, I I think, uh, like, I was I was uh, I was uh, texting Nils, like, my my roommate pictures of uh of the parade, right? Because, like, you know, like he had texted me a picture of his dog because his dog. She's really bitey, and he likes threatening me with her. Um, uh, and so, you know, I was like, oh, I'll just send him a picture of somebody in a dog suit. Um, Biting someone. Yeah, and then I texted, like, that really, like, funny, like, uh, like Foxy Frappuccino ad, uh, which is, it's basically an ad uh, by the Hyatt Hotel using a sexy fox to market their Frappuccinos. Sex uh, sells everywhere. It's, which, it's it's beautiful. It is, it is fucking gorgeous that, like, like, you know, like, Hyatt is like, hey, man, here you want to fuck foxes. Maybe you should consider buying a Frappuccino, eh? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I, I, I just, I, I can't get over how nice that is to see. Um, <laughs> and for what it's worth, they don't play the sex angle all the time. No, it, no it's just that one ad. Like, that, everything that one's ever, pretty good. Every, everything else is basically, like, just normal chase. Hey, I heard you liked animals, so <laughs> we got an animal logo, and yeah. we got fuzzy stuff. Yeah, we do. Do you like it? I hear animals. <laughs> yeah, um, and they've and this Hyatt has hosted this this uh, particular convention for long enough. They're more than used to it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I get that. I, I I get that you. I get that there is something like to like sort of like a like pull from like these experiences and to like make you like a sort of a more functional human being in society. Is that what you're sort of angling towards? Yeah, there is because otherwise, when you don't have when you don't have that anchor, you the aloneness that you feel having to deal with the aloneness you feel having to deal with kind of the neurosis that come I it's bizarre. I was and I'll just I'll edit in what the numbers are, but it it seems weird to me that furries on average don't differ from the personality types of normal human beings. The IARP has done a thing on that. 
But the the group of people that identify themselves as furries the way that I do, where you uh, the question that I asked in my informal polls and in my panels was if you believe furry to be existentially important to who you are. Mm-hmm. Anyone who raises their hand, and that that number was right around 50% of the audience. Mm. Anyone who is in that group, I cannot imagine, is not uncharacteristically neurotic for an average human being. Because it's just, it involves caring in a way. Hugging people and meaning it involves caring about things in a way normal people don't care about stuff on a regular basis. And I just, I find it very, very hard to believe that that group of furries doesn't, have a more neurotic outlook on life and it's possible that the other furries in the room being the kind of debonair people who are okay with seeing with with seeing what we have on offer here and going oh that looks fun those people seem i can believe that we actually just have a swing it'd be interesting to ask uh dr courtney nuka plante the guy who runs uh the IRP about that if there's like a fork in the data between the two because it just I find it really hard to believe that we don't stick out on that particular measure of personality I I think some of it could be that like you know if everything about uh, else about you is normal uh, except that you have like a very particular relationship with these icons right uh I mean, I, I guess it's possible that, like, it wouldn't be y- unique in terms of everything else. It would just wind up distorting, like, qualities that sort of pre-exist, right? Maybe, but they should manifest in normalized data. Yeah. That's that's the part that doesn't yeah. make a whole lot of sense. Uh, but so so the uh, I, IARP, that's right, right? Yep. They've done the big five, right? Yeah, on, no, on absolutely. Birds, and they, they, they have, they found and it that comes back as statistically irrelevant. That doesn't make sense to me that that almost sounds like an indictment of the big five <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. that's uh, they find they they find differences between personas and normal people if you you get yeah. someone to describe their persona as opposed to, but not not between normal human beings and regular and uh, furries no which again i'm curious if there's a fork in the data because there are definitely at least two primary groups of people in this building yeah uh, there are people who are clearly here there are people who are having a fulfilling experience here, and there are people who are having a fun time here. Yep. And they don't shear perfectly cleanly, of course, but it's obvious who's who from the way that they're interacting with other people. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't want to split them apart in any formal sense, but it does make sense to talk about them differently because they, they have different needs, if you will. Um, we all like animals, but we like them for different reasons, it seems. And that's not the sheer line for the sexual side of it, um, as much or as little as that happens to come up. I mean, the sex thing, the most that's worth talking about it, that I can't even talk about it, frankly, is that there are a lot of young men here, and it wouldn't really matter what this convention is about. Sex would have incorporated itself into it, given that, given how many people are between the age of 18 and 25 here. Yeah. I, and I'm a... I'm a weird enough case that I can't I can't actually speak to that one way or the other. That's not that's not me being PR speaky. I just I literally I don't know because I don't. Uh, well, that, that is that is actually like a, a really like sort of like interesting like 
thing about like this sort of like furry scene. Uh, and again, it's it's very similar to my experiences in high school, uh, which is that like the the, the scene is like hyper libidinous. Um, like like eighteen the, to twenty five, man. Yeah, like no. I don't think it requires any more explanation. I I I don't know if it does. I I it feels like there's more to it though. The only thing that I would grant that potentially adds on to it, and this is this is. It, it's a deviancy tag-on effect or knock-on effect where uh, you're already not telling mm-hmm. anyone that you're a furry, mm-hmm. so you may as well combine all of your deviances mm. into this one blanket, and it almost it almost occasionally seems like, especially in some of our taglines like furries ruin everything, uh, it, it almost seems like it goes Augustinian all of a sudden, and it goes into this wanting-to-be-wicked category where you're deliberately indulging it. And that's actually something I'm a little, I, I'm honestly slightly concerned about in and of itself, are the number, the number of furries who are going into, who are going down paths because that seems like what they should be doing because what they're already doing is a bad thing, where they're getting carried away simply because they're already carried away. Because um, I've actually a, an internalized fur phobia. Well, it's it's actually something I have encountered. It's you know I I own no physical furry pornographs because it's not that's not a thing that I'm interested in. But I was I would have been very close to doing that because I have deliberately perused everything this community has to offer. I've been around in it long enough to do so, and I decided a- to figure out what it was. And there were moments where, especially earlier on where I had this weird, like, subjective feeling of needing the more degraded material because it's there for a reason. Degraded? How do you mean degraded? Degraded in terms of the fetishes being oh, gotcha. just sure, more sure, sure. more and more out of line with gotcha. normal yeah, yeah, <laughs> conscious yeah, yeah, understanding yeah, 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 yeah. of what you should be doing with other people. But the um, And it seemed like those should be there for a reason. And it's interesting because it, it actually falls into the same... I think it falls into the exact same track with depression where you should never diagnose any personality trait while you are in a depressive state because Mm -hmm. you are willing to believe anything about yourself when you're depressed. The same thing goes when evaluating what you like in a community like this. Once you've got, well, and like once you, like if you're still going through like the sort of like uh, crisis of realization. Yeah. No. And I think that's, I think that's a really easy trap to fall into. Um, Especially after spending so long without it, you suddenly want as much of it as you can get. Yeah. Um, even if that want ends up actually being dishonest, it's just wanting for wanting's sake, mm. which turned out to be the case in my particular my particular view. But again, my my particular case was it wasn't anomalous, but it's hardly representative. Mm. So I don't want to I, I don't want to speak for other furs on that particular point. Mm. I'm also I'm also 26, so I'm totally out of that demographic that thinks about sex. So. Constantly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, like there there is still a. I don't know the cu- the cuteness and the sexuality like always like seem like very like a, a very like sort of like strange combination to me. Playboy. I I guess Playboy isn't like even like all that cute. Like it's it's cute in like this like really like sort of like gross keeping up appearances kind of way like. <laughs> Like well, that's that's the parallel a lot of people draw. Really? Sure. Because of the bunny? 
No, no, because of the cutesiness. Oh, all right. Combined with the sex thing, like where does that come into it? It mm-hmm. feels like it's a veneer, um, even though the the cutesiness is a necessity. Yeah, it's no, an, it's it's an intrinsic thing to it. Yeah, which makes it good, man. <laughs> no, that's. And again, I I just I feel super awkward talking about this, not because yeah. I'm not supposed to, but because I just I'm not. I'm the wrong person to talk to. Well, I mean, I've, I I think I mentioned at the panel, like, I I prefer hugging people to having sex with them. Right. In almost all, like, I just, I think, I think sex distracts from the intimacy of an embrace in a way that I don't think most, even most furries agree with. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm just, I'm the wrong person to talk to about it. Um. I mean, do you, do, you, do you think that that view is more predominant among furries? I, it has to be. I mean... Does it have to be? No. Absolutely not. I said that confidently <laughs> without thinking about it. But it seems it seems likely. It seems likely. Um, the, the reason I am... The reason I am the way I am is something I'm trying to... I'm trying to put together, as are many people in a variety of psychological institutions, um, of the collegiate not asylum variety. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. <laughs> it's it is uh, being a furry is man is a matter of sensitivity to a large extent. I feel there is there is a hyperactivity to our uh, to our little species, um, and it makes it's it's what makes the touching part of it so important because the kind of people that end up at a fur convention mm-hmm. have committed to doing something that they don't do in any other circumstance because it is such a powerful emotion that they would not dare perpetrate it in front of other people. Yeah. Um, this ends up being a safe space to do this. And, of course, like I was talking about before, that makes it a very safe space to get carried away doing it as well. Yeah. Um, which is why I'm slightly worried about that. Yeah, I mean, like, it, but, like, some of it does seem to be, like, you know, like it is like the 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 the, the cuteness and like the caring and like like the sort of like fantasy of it, like serves as like this like sort of like siren call, right? Because like the the impulse, it feels like, and I th- this is this is like sort of like the the same thing that I, I feel about most like EDM, uh, music, uh, EDM music. That's like pin number. Anyway, it's the way I feel about it's the way I feel about like EDM and like a lot of other like sort of things in this vein. Um, uh, is is like this uh, uh, is this like desire for this experience to be totalizing and the thing is is that you you talk about getting carried away with it but like it almost feels as though it's an intrinsic thing right you know like the sort of like the sort of like totalizing regime of cuteness is part of the appeal um and I have to think about that. And you know, like, like uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about. Oh, this. do you mean, do you mean an overload in that particular aspect? Yeah, but like, also like a. Uh, here's the thing. So I, I've, I've been an outsider to like a lot of like really like sort of like serious, transcendent experiences, right? Like I, 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 I tagged along with my friends through high school and college, like going to like you know like one, like, sort of attempt to like transcend like their our physical states to another, to another, to another. Some of them involved drugs, some of them didn't, right? Some of them involved music, some of them didn't. You know, I, I've, I've been around people who are basically on a spiritual path without calling it a spiritual path necessarily for yeah. a very long time. Um, 
But like the thing is, is that I, I, so maybe I'm projecting this, but like you know, when I went to like say like PCP right Palm Court Party at a new college of Florida, right? That uh, is an important clarification. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's 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 this it's this big big rave uh, that that happens uh, at new college. Like they hire in like retired police officers and like so on and so forth. Right. And everybody gets dressed up and like they all have like you know like the makeup on and so on and so forth. It's actually like the closest experience I've had to this. Right, uh, you know, like people are like literally walking around with like furry feet, right? Yeah. Like those, like you know, like oh, there are plenty of people who are here for the dances exclusively. Yeah. I always feel like there's this thread of um, like a, a, a yearning for like a sort of like sublime transcendence, uh, and like a, a sort of like departing of the flesh that doesn't have, like, a clear object, right? Like, what you're looking for is a mystery. It's not a good time. It's something much bigger than a good time, but it actually, like, has, like, the shape of a good time, right? It's just, like, a sort of divine good time. Yeah, that's, that's what, that's what the, uh, the fur pile essentially is at this, at these conventions. Yeah. For not for again not for everyone nothing, nothing speaks for everyone here. But at least in my case, that's what it is. Mm. It is the, it is the dangerously intimate group of people, who are just who are just on each other in, what, can essentially be described as a dehumanized state at the same time. Mm. It it all falls in it all falls in line with that. Yeah. Well, and like, but like the thing is, is that. I think, like, that impulse, I don't know for sure. And some of this is because most of the people I know who went down this path um, didn't really have a lot to, didn't have a lot to come back for, right? I think, I think a lot of my friends use drugs, like, largely to sort of, like, try to get, like, a better vantage point on reality because, like, their reality was so miserable and depressing that, like, they couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that describes plenty of people here as well. Right. So... I think on some level, it almost seems as though that kind of, like, totalizing, dehumanizing experience is not just an excess, but it feels fundamental, right? Like, like that call seems like part of the fundamental, like, appeal to events like this. I hope so, but it's one of the reasons I did the panel that I did is that we don't we don't actually talk about that much. Mm. I mean the fur community ends up we talk about what a you know, having a good time and the activities we get up to oh, yeah. and all the art. Oh my god, you're right. They're they are coy as shit about that. Yeah. It's the strangest fucking thing. Yeah. Like it it it, it that that is legitimately frustrating actually. Um I don't know why necessarily. I guess it's because it's this big glaring thing that's in the room that like nobody talks about, and you don't want to feel like a crazy person for pointing it out, right? Here or at the place you were at. Either way. Okay. Yeah. No. It's it's absolutely. There's <laughs> the internet has made everyone afraid of caring about things, mm-hmm. and this form of caring that happens in <laughs> in a fur convention hall is sappy beyond tolerance of internet culture yeah it's it's hard for me to take yeah it's 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 too it's it's kind of threatening actually 
<laughs> like it's it's too sweet. It's too intimate. Like there's something about it that is very frightening. I don't it, know what well, it is exactly. Well, it feels completely unreal. Yeah. Yeah, I, guess, I mean, I, I can recognize that even as an insider. Yeah, I, I guess I guess that's the thing is it feels like you're getting kind of suckered. Yeah. And, like, the worst thing is, is you're getting suckered by something that's sincere, which is, like, the worst thing because then, like, you know, like, once you're, like, left high and dry, you don't have anyone to blame but yourself. Like, sure. no one's tricking you. And worse, you had this great experience that for some short or finite period of time you felt was going to save you. Yeah. You couldn't help but feel that it was going to save you. And then you come back down and you're not saved. In a lot of cases you're in a worse you're in a worse state. That's that's the part where I think this does differ in a way that is worth addressing that never ever comes up because that is that ends up in the fur community in a lot of instances mine included. That ends up being another minds issue on the part of outsiders seeing it that way mm. as being a dupe. Because for you to engage in this as someone who isn't furry, doesn't meet all the check boxes, yeah. it would absolutely become that. You would you would try and fail to achieve that. I feel like it happens pretty frequently. I mean, I I made an analogy during the panel to uh, the furry the uh, the furry fandom being dangerously like a church in a lot of respects. I talked right. about the fact that we we do charitable work all the time. Yeah. Um, we have. You know, we do activities, we drag in the youths for, we invite celebrities to these things, and we have these get. You know. Well, then you're, you, you, have, you have this, like, you have this market preoccupation with uh, ecstatic experiences that you have on certain festival days yeah. throughout the yeah. year. No, we, like, like we it, have holidays. Yeah, no, like, I, like, that's the thing. In any other, like, sort of, like, social context, like, I'm pretty sure most of the people here who need to be here would have joined a clergy to some deity. Like, throughout history, that's probably yeah. what would have happened. If one had been accepting yeah, of Yeah, exactly, yeah. But the, um, and we even have our sex scandals and uh, all the other <laughs> requisite things to be a church. But the thing that we don't talk about, even though we, we actually have it, is the transcendent experience. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, the, uh, that's the primary selling point of a church is its existential importance. And we essentially don't peddle it. Yeah. And I, that makes me extremely... That's my my constant refrain now. My furry tagline is that I I fear for those who aren't here but should be, yeah. because there have to be a lot of them. I was one of them. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Do you guys even have like garb that seems ostentatious and goofy, like from yeah. the outside? No, the, the, the we're a fucking church. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I would I would say I would say religion more broadly. Mm. I mean, like maybe church. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, exactly. our churches don't have specific. Uh, no. Our our basilica is uh, the Saint Lawrence, or not Saint? I called it Saint Lawrence on accident. The <laughs> Lawrence, the uh, wherever the hell Anthrocon is. Edit this in me. Uh, Pittsburgh. It's yeah, in Pittsburgh is essentially the the holy land of of our uh, of our church, and we have a pope, and we got all that stuff taken care of. Do you have he, a pope? Yeah, he's Uncle Kage. He runs PR for us. Oh yeah, that's right. I remember yeah. him. Yeah, he totally he, yeah. Do, he does all that stuff. Although. His message doesn't have, his message does not have the quality that we're talking about. He is well, he, he is entirely to, right? running damage control. Like that's the side of it he runs. Is he talks about don't don't mind us, yep. kind of thing. He's not promising anyone anything. Mm -hmm. And I'm not I'm not at all besmirching that. I think he's done an outstanding job with it. And the way that he came into the 
the way that he came into the fandom and the community back way back when we had a lot of more problems to deal with. I mean, the fur community used to be much more rabble rousing than it was than it is now. There are radical elements now, but they are they're not drowned out per se, but what they're they're a much smaller what? fraction. What are the radical elements exactly? What it's all forms of perversion imaginable. Right, but like okay, so you don't mean politically radical or do you? No. No, I don't necessarily not necessarily. Mm. There I'm sure there are plenty of people with odd notions about the way society should be structured, but mm. I think most people have odd ways of thinking about that. No. no, I'm merely talking about people who are doing things that are considered reprehensible potentially even legally. Mm. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, the fur community used to have quite a few more of them, or if, or the numbers may have changed, but the fraction that are that way is way, way, way smaller now. No, I, yeah, I believe that. That yeah. And well, Kage has done a fantastic job making sure that this boat was still afloat until I got here, <laughs> and I am highly appreciative of that because I mean I don't I have no idea what. 26-year-old me would look like without having seen a fursuiter and then going, having gone to Anthrocon. I mean, it would have completely altered the trajectory of my life as far as I'm concerned. You were much more robotic before um, your, your awakening. Yeah. It's... <laughs> it's... You, you, you don't actually seem at all... Um, you, 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 you seem like almost superficially like the person you were before uh, in a lot of ways. I... It, I want to use, uh, there's no, nothing I'm about, every, I, I've come up with like 18 different things to say in the yeah. last 15 seconds, but they would all just sound like an on-the-nose church pun. Yeah. Because that's exactly what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's frustrating how close, but how far, yet how far it is. And that's, I'm not advocating that furry become a church, because for one, for one thing, a lot of the people here were cast out by organized religion or hated on some fundamental level anyway, so they wouldn't want to be affiliated with that. Um, and that's going to take that's going to take time to heal. I think I think we're still a decade off of real secular organized I, or organizations that serve a, uh, a the religious purpose in a secular context. I think we need a little more time for that. Um, I I still think that the alternative is polytheism. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, just going back to not no, really caring about seriously, it. Seriously, like, well, no, because like, like, here's the thing: is that like, you, you guys. May By be... the way, this is not coming out of left field. Thomas has been advocating this for a long time. Oh yeah, no, my no, that was a uh, that was actually one of the more sane ideas I had in high school. Um, <laughs> uh, was having a um a polytheism that was intentionally constructed as a polytheism. Uh sort of to provide, like, all of the religious practices without any of the supernatural claims. So you would, like, pray to your car, or you would have, like... <laughs> like, like the, the, the idea was to have a pantheon of gods who represented ideals, but recognizing that that pantheon was... Uh, still existed in the uh, sort of ontological sense. That is, the idea existed. Uh, you know, like, 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 the components that made up the idea existed in like the sort of social space right uh but didn't necessarily exist on a spiritual plane uh like your car uh, yeah i yeah i, I yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, i i I've, I've been a big advocate of this uh uh and i i think i think i think 
I, I, I think furrydom works much better as a uh, cult than it does as a religion. I'm glad to right. hear you say that. Uh, well, cult in the classic sense, right? Like, like cult in... Classic the, cult? Well, you know, in, 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 the, in the sense that there's this priesthood that's a little weird, but they're holy, so... <laughs> So the com- and they're not doing anything terribly bad. So the community puts up with them, uh, <laughs> and then you know, like the furries, like have like a parade with music and stuff, and like all of the normies come out and they're like, "Wow, this we is really that. cool!" Yeah, exactly. But like you know, like if you if you had that as like sort of like a religious like practice and like this like sort of like hypothetical world, that would be great. <laughs> and like that's like the sort of thing that like commends like that recommends polytheism, like. Is is that you know you get to have these like sort of idiosyncratic faiths that are still part of a larger society. You yeah. Know, there's not you 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 don't have an inclination to shed blood because some people uh, are part of the priesthood of this god rather than this god. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it makes it more collaborative. I mean, and that's the fur community. Uh, the fur community. When I talk about first getting along with the normal human race, it, a lot of it does come down to being able to... Be mascots. It's Yeah, right? it, it comes down to being able to display your inner demons and show them to be as non-threatening to the real world as they actually are. Yeah. Uh, which is not even a perception necessarily... That's not even necessarily a misconception of society. That's mm-hmm. even within ourselves. We yeah. are afraid of showing that. Yeah, well, because you, you, you feel like a bunch of, like, dummies. <laughs> like, yeah. for, for, for... Or... Or worse, or, or, or just perverts, or cripplingly com- dysfunctional, right? Yeah, I'm with like the new Asperger's diagnosis, right? Like that's the, that's like the 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 new sort of um, the new sort of a uh, narrative that can be used to like uh sort of like uh marginalize people like this, right? Is yeah. that oh oh I have this mental disorder, right? Yeah. No like, autism spectrum. I mean, they I'm sure- autism spectrum is only anecdotally. Yeah. It has not been studied properly, but just any any anecdote about the fur yeah. community suggests that it is rampant. Yeah, but like the, the and like I'm sure most of the people here, or like at least most of the people here who have been to multiple fur conventions before, are aware of like that conversation, right? Like they're they're yeah. they're aware that people are linking uh, uh, furrydom with Aspergers, right? Um, Aspergers, I think. I can't remember. As, how Aspergers, whatever. Aspergers, uh, the yeah. um, I'm not sure how many people are actually just like intimately aware of it, but I have to imagine that anyone on the spectrum has merely connected the dots yeah. because they happen to be there. Because a lot of the well, feelings you end up with when you have a flattened aspect of human interaction, the way that spectrum people have, I'm one of them. By the way, it takes me. I'm I'm in third gear when it comes to social interactions at all times. Where I just I, I, if you give me five seconds, I can read a face By the very way, very well. My mom called that. Uh, Look, anyone would have fucking <laughs> called that. Anyone except a psychiatrist would have called that. I know this because yeah, well, I know a lot of psychiatrists. What, what what pills do you give to somebody who's on the who's on the AP? Nothing. Like, We're yeah. not worth it. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a diagnosis worth making. No, I, 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 I very sincerely, uh, I think that's a, I think that is a genuine problem that psychiatry has a conflict of interest about some diagnoses that oh, yeah. way. I mean, I, I literally, I went to seven psychiatrists. I think that's the number when I was younger, and oh, all yeah. they did was offer psychotropic medications for ADHD and the like, and that 
that didn't solve my problem because it wasn't my fucking problem. Well, but like one, I mean, one of the other fucked up things is that like most, um, most health insurance, if it's going to cover any sort of psych thing, it's just going to cover a psychiatrist who's yes. going to meet with you for fifteen minutes. Yeah, we're wandering a little far afield. Um, not terribly. I mean, that's a that's a problem that I'm sure plenty of people in this yeah, building yeah, yeah, yeah. have yeah, yeah. have run into as a result. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess it is a little tangential, but but no, I. I mean, to, to bring it back, I fuck psychiatry. Yep. But um, I think we have a consensus in the room on that. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's... Uh, uh, where were we going? No, that that feeling that, that how you've somehow already been compromised, that the fact yeah. that you're a furry because you have a mental disorder... The that, best that you can hope for... Is to like live on the fringes and like participate in these quiet festivals to, along with your to, friends. Is to cope. Yeah. And the the thing that's so frustrating about that, and again, we do nothing to address it mm-hmm. in the public eye, is that being a furry, at least in my case, and in quite a few others, uh, the the guy that I'm rooming with right now, Rex, mm-hmm. I think is absolutely in this camp. This is not a coping mechanism. This is like a springboard. This is taking mm. this. This is taking a weakness and turning it into a strength. Mm. Not in all cases. There are plenty of reasons why being on the spectrum is still annoying in regular life. Yeah. But it allows us to take advantage of the things that are ordinarily weaknesses within it. Um, yeah. And that's that's fucking profound. Like that is that is really really important. Yeah. Uh, I wish. And I wish I could speak more on it, but unfortunately, there's uh, scant research on it. And I'm also only three years into this community, so I don't have a lot to pull on, and I don't have a lot of pull in general. But I'm working on that because I think I, I think that is an important mission that we should be attempting to serve, even if people don't end up being furries indefinitely, even if they do find some other method. We are, we offer something that. For one thing, we know psychiatry does not offer. No. But moreover, I we, I think we accidentally cracked a code and we're not telling anybody. Either because we didn't notice or because we're afraid to. Really? Yeah, absolutely. The you, hug is a fucking powerful thing, man. Oh, so 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 you 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 think that you think that this can actually be uh, therapeutic and like engineered for other people? Like sure, Why like not? across the board? No, of course okay. not. No, all things have to be tailored. Right, but, but like you mean like, but you 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 do mean like widespread like participation in this. Um, if you fit the syndrome of being a furry, gotcha. Yes. Cool. That's, okay. Yeah. Well, you. and okay. like I said, the outsider yeah, yeah, syndrome. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, this wouldn't work for you. Yeah. You don't have. You don't meet the criteria. But for the people that do, yeah. I. I mean, I. Enjoy, this is this is an almost unambiguous good. I enjoy my time here. However, like, the fact that, like, that isn't, like, what the focus of this is, and, like, I'm actually, like, not going to a religious ceremony. (laughs) If this were a religious festival, I would be perfectly content visiting. I I do enjoy my time here. I think it would scare a lot of people off, though. Oh, God, but I would fucking love it. Oh, so would I. Yeah. Oh, I would adore that. Yeah, just have, like, some sort of weird fertility fox cult, like, with, like, like, you know, like... Alright, that was a weird... Adjective to throw in that, but okay. I, I, I again, I, 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 I like the marketing of it. It's cool. <laughs> it doesn't do anything for me, but like you know, it's one of those things where like you see it in the world and you're like, thank God that's there. Uh, I agree. Yeah, like thank God that's there. 
Yeah. So, but yeah, like if 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 this uh if these sorts of conventions like you know admitted to being like something akin to a religious uh, celebration a religious festival, I think a lot more people would come. Like I don't know for sure. I just that's I I can't possibly know that, yeah. and I it's especially given that I don't I don't run one. Mm-hmm. I I would be loath to suggest it to people who are already doing a good thing. I mean yeah. these conventions grow. Uh, the Anthrocon's been growing thirty percent every year for yeah. the last that's bunch. Insane. That's an insane amount of growth. Yeah, and uh, that's and that's without this intermesh. The, uh, this is without that intermessage on the inside. Mm-hmm. So I, you know. I would rather that develop organically. I wouldn't push on it. But, man, it's frustrating to think that there are how many people are out there that we could help because we, but can't because of this particular taboo. And that's, I brought, brought up on the panel again. Someone asked, one of the questions I was asked, because I, I essentially ended the panel by saying that, you know, you just need to find one person, you know, we can make this pyramid scheme work. You just have to find one person like this. And the the, the person asked me, uh, what do furries look like? And the problem is, my answer to this, which I will stick by, is that they look scared of it. (laughs) Because furries are, pardon the pun, sheepish people, because they have... uh, The furries that I'm talking... The furries on my side of the spectrum... We, we are afraid of indulging in the degree of caring about things that we want to because we have a sensitivity to the outside world and, frankly, to our own psyche um, that makes it very dangerous in normal contexts to actually care about something because we become immediately over-emphatic about it, and that scares people off, mm-hmm. as, frankly, it should most of the time. But that's what here is for. And the problem is, because most people who don't care about furry or even that hate furry, they're not scared of it. No, they're not. Yeah, like that's not that's not the impression that, I get. That is always one of like the things that's always confused me about like that like kind of like furry hate. It's just a sigh. Uh, well, it, it's like like the people who get like really like sort of like serious about it. I I, I always have to wonder why. Like it's not. It doesn't have the capacity to threaten you at all, right? It's 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 usually a pretty casual hate. Yeah, usually. Yeah, it's uh, the internet, and that's the the tremendous irony of the fact this didn't exist before the internet. It yeah. took a bunch of people on forums to put together yeah. the fur community, and yet ironically, mm-hmm. online interaction is the one that we are the worst at. Uh, our community is fantastic in person. Weirdly enough, not, I mean, you know, striking up conversations, we're we're exactly as awkward as we are in real life striking up conversations, but the part of this that works, the part of it that works for serious is the interpersonal interaction in meat space. Yeah. And that's just a horrible irony that we have to put up with. You're afraid, we're afraid to indulge in it because the, it's the, I keep saying, I keep wanting to say afraid of your own power. It's not really a power thing. It's just. Your persona, I guess. Yeah, it's it's like I know what you're talking about. Like it's like a, a presence. Would that there's there's a word there's a word if one of us thinks of it. Imago. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no. yeah. Nah, I don't. That's not the word. Um, no, but it's it, it's you're you're afraid to you're afraid to come out that way, and all of a sudden, when you do, it turns out that's massively therapeutic, yeah. which I don't think anybody would have 
it would seem hard to doubt that that would be the way it is, but you need a controlled environment and an understanding environment in which to do it. And we developed that here. Yeah. And that's awesome. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, no, if you if you guys ever want to create a church, I'll... <laughs> yeah. I'll... Be a deacon or something. No, no. Uh, All right, whatever. Your, 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 your gods are... Uh, I like you. Your gods are not my gods. Um, <laughs> All right, whatever. <laughs> no, uh, I'll... <laughs> Uh, I, I will occasionally, uh, you know, like do the Hare Krishna thing and help you guys serve vegetarian, uh, cuisine at some sort of... Not all that many furries are vegetarians. That's interesting. Yeah. It's like 3%. Really? Yeah. Only 3%? It's pretty low. We know a lot about animals. We still don't give a shit about farm... Fa we don't care about farm animals all that much. That's a shame. Uh... Yeah. Well, that's actually a... Yeah, that's a shame. I, what's the normal percentage of vegetarians like in the general populace? I'm gonna put that in right here. All right, these numbers are all over the fucking place. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with it's <laughs> it's somewhere between thirteen and two percent. I'm gonna put my lot in with five. <laughs> all right. Five seems reasonable because I'm pretty sure I'm eating more than like out of. Out of every 20 people I meet, more than one is a vegetarian, and I have a bias. Sure. So, round that down to one out of 20. That seems fair to me. Yeah, that's um, fine. That sounds all right. I'm a vegetarian for about 16 hours a day. Oh. I tried. Yeah, did it not work out for you? What? Yeah, no. I'm, I don't have the willpower. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's like an unambiguously more moral choice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I. Yeah. there's nothing that annoys me more than the fact that veganism gets derided for being a moral stance. <laughs> like, it's not... I, I can see the headline... I, or it's not the headlines. I can see the panel in the history book the same mm -hmm. way you get um, from the 1920s. You have the picture of the mayor mm -hmm. going to a flaying alive of a black person. Yeah. I mean, I, you can write the taglines. People used to go and have barbecues... Where yeah. you could smell the burned flesh of animals for miles around. Like, that, that rights is... There's yeah. a right side of history to that. Yeah. And as long as nothing horrible happens in the interim, we're, we're moving that way. Yeah. But I am not on the vanguard of that. No, neither <laughs> am I. I. Yeah. I've tried doing it a couple times and just... It just doesn't work for me. I get to have those. I, I will have the privilege of having awkward conversations with people when I'm 60 or 70 years old on the fact. Actually, um, supposedly uh, in uh, early Hinduism, and I think this might actually be a reasonable way to approach uh, the consumption of meat, eat, the eating of cow wasn't banned, but it was uh, relegated to special ceremonies, which makes sense to me for a couple of reasons. One, I'm pretty sure we still need to eat some meat, like, occasionally. I don't think we can replace it with yeah. just plant protein. There are people that would argue that's not true. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. But vegans, <laughs> for the most part. Oh, okay, but. Okay. No, I mean the diet that I tried to adhere to twice now, and it helped me eat more vegetables, just not all vegetables. Is Joel Furman's Eat to Live diet, the nutritarian diet? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's um, I mean it's it's very effective. You feel good eating that diet. It's just one, it's expensive because of the way that meat is currently subsidized in the United States, and 
and two, you you have to develop a palate for it, and yeah. I just I have not given it an earnest enough shot to do so. Yeah, no, it, no, it's hard. Uh, it's hard. Like, like giving up cheese is a miserable process for me. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, it's one of those things where I also I just have fond associations with cheese. Yeah. Like, there's not a way for me to convince myself. Like, like even with most meat, I can be like, oh, that's unpleasant. Like, I haven't eaten pork. In a really long time. Oh, that's that's one of the one of the funny little ironies. Everyone talks about red meat being horrible for. I actually only eat chicken because yeah. it's the only meat I actually like. Well, chickens are monsters, so like yeah. I feel better about that. Um, yeah, there's something there's something about like I don't I don't really like steak anymore. Really? No, I don't. I'm okay with bacon. By the way, uh, the argument about bacon. Yeah. People getting annoyed at the FDA for labeling bacon as carcinogenic um, brought up in the news semi-recently so what I got from that headline was that people were mad that the FDA declared bacon to not be good for you that is mystifying to me yeah I it's... can't I mean the fact that it's labeled as carcinogenic maybe got people up in a huff but uh, it, it turns out cancer and diabetes <laughs> and basically everything Americans die of short of guns <laughs> is the result of being fat. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of a... Yeah, no, it's, no that's, a, that's an insane outcry. Uh, so <sighs> it, it, seems like, it seems like we're wrapping up. I don't know. Is there... Is there I, it feels like there... Anytime we get on this topic, it always feels like there's more to talk about. Well, uh, sure. But, but, I mean, we hit a pretty natural ebb, so. Yeah. And we certainly spent more than a half an hour doing this. We spent more than the allotted time, so. Uh, seriously? Oops. Uh, yeah. No, it doesn't matter. We're fine. I got to get down to the art show. Yeah, yeah. Got to defend my bids. Yeah. It's closing in two and a half hours, so. I don't buy as much furry art as I, I used to, mostly because my house is fucking full of it now, yeah. so. I mean, you need a bigger house. Still buying stuffed animals. I don't need a bigger house. Actually, now that I think about it, you actually have a hobby that could justify the owning of a mansion. Have you thought about that? Um. Yes, I have thought about making enough money to live in a mansion. No, but have you have you have you thought about how you would actually know what to do with each of the rooms? Yeah. Because that's the thing that always stops me from considering a mansion. I have schematics. Of course you do. I want to live in... I I mean, I I argue that I didn't... I I just said that I don't need a bigger house, but that's really not entirely true. It's I need more people with income that I can rely on to fund building a really big house. Ah, I see. That's that's the villa. That's 2019. You and Alicia actually, like, have uh, very similar aspirations. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we should talk way more often than once every six months. Yeah, I know. Uh, I need to bug her about that. Yeah. Uh, oh, she. By the way, she she says hi. Tell her I said hi back. And on that note, uh, that's yeah. gonna do it. Thomas Hightower, thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. I wish I could remember anything that I just said, but you don't have to. The computer will remember it for us. Oh, is that what we're doing now? No, no, we're not doing that. And with that, this is David Paddock. Thanks for listening. Signing off. If you want to see anything about the convention I just went to, I've been posting information about the panels and shenanigans surrounding it over at actualgarbage.net. 
including the results for the first and last annual Dumb Questions panel. So if you want to feel informed about the furry community without actually being informed, feel free to check that out.